Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. Person in Person is brought to you by the Perineum Group, the only truly centrist news organization. That's right, Greg. We're in the sweet spot between partisan extremes. When taint the left and taint the right, it's Perineum. What does John von Neumann have to do with the second Kickstarter revival of MST3K? Could brutalizing children actually be bad? Is Winnie gonna poop out? How do you screw up a PB&J? Do my arms look fat? The answers to all these questions, plus sports, emotional weather, and state up, that's tonight on Person in Person. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, and welcome to Person in Person. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Person in Person is a news show for people who don't like news shows, by people who don't like news shows. I'm really excited about the show tonight, Greg, but I have to warn you, Jerry has uh, talked with the powers that be at Perineum, and unfortunately we have some new rules thrown our way. Aw man, you know how I feel about rules. You don't know how I feel about rules. Anyway... The most notable one is, we're no longer allowed to dance. That's bullshit. Yeah, well, take it up with Lithgow. All right, let's get into tonight's story beats. Uh, Well, first, a 69-year-old monk in Thailand cut his own head off with a guillotine in order to earn spiritual merit and a higher rebirth. Uh, The Hmm. Thai National Office of Buddhism explained that this is not a thing. Uh, But I think that's just typical big government trying to hold back disruptors. This guy has found a way to, uh, you know, cut ahead in line for enlightenment by chopping off his own head and he went for it. Well, you know what they say, Greg, one night in Bangkok makes a headless protest. I need to stop bringing Thai stories on the show because every time it happens and somehow I never expect it. Yeah, I didn't even realize look, looking over your show notes that it was a, it was a Thai story, and I just that was kind of off the cuff. Well, you know, I've only been studying Buddhism for thirteen years, so maybe I just haven't got to the head chopping part yet. But uh, I've I sincerely never heard of that before I started learning about this story. Um, but apparently, it's it's based on a sort of a well, a folktale, I guess you could call it, that this guy decided he would emulate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, that's actually kind of a theme in my stories tonight is, you know, people uh, people essentially uh, committing suicide by having faith in the wrong things, which is specific. But uh, we'll get into that it's more later. The, it's not the happiest through line, but that's, that. I mean, at least there's a theme. Uh, I don't know that there is to mine. In the wake of the Suez Canal blockage, which sounds like a rectal condition, 
British garden stores are reporting an alarming shortage of garden gnomes for the coming season. It's a complicated matter. The garden gnome industry was already suffering after Brexit and the pandemic, and now this. And the kicker is, it's not going to hurt mega retailers in Britain, folks. It's going to hurt the little guys. The little guys. That's good. I like that. I'm happy about that one. Continuing with my theme, these two geniuses from Spring, Texas, age 59 and 69, nice, uh, died in a fiery crash because neither one was sitting in the driver's seat of their Tesla. You've probably read about these guys. Yeah, yeah, the autopilot couple, yeah. Yeah, they decided that the uh, totally aptly named autopilot function in their Tesla would do the driving for them. You had one in the passenger seat, one in the back seat, and uh, unfortunately, uh, as old as they were, they're already out of contention for the Darwin Awards, technically. Uh, What I also thought was interesting about this was two points about Tesla. Uh, One is that when the car hit the tree and exploded because it's a Tesla and they always explode for no reason, um, Mm -hmm. the fire was so intense, the fire department poured over 3,000 gallons of water on it and couldn't put it out. They had to call Tesla tech support to find out how to put out a flaming Tesla, which because it's Tesla tech support, they did know the answer to that and were able to help them. So that, I thought that was, that's, you know. (laughs) There's a fire for God's sake. Well, have you tried turning it off and on again? Well, if you've turned it off, don't turn it back on again. That seems like... But the other thing I thought was interesting about this um, was Tesla's press release, which essentially said, listen, you shouldn't drive with just the autopilot function. It's not for that, but also it's totally safe. It's even safer than driving yourself, and it's totally okay if you do it. That sounds like a typical kind of corporate answer, you know? Yeah. Well, and and, and it was so funny to me because they're like, well, obviously this crash happened because you're not even supposed to use it like that, but also if you do, it's twice as safe as regular driving. Yeah, blame the victim, but our product is great. A Canadian singer just broke the world record for hitting the lowest note ever recorded by a woman. So everyone, give it up for Dr. Mrs. the Canadian singer. That is a that is an obscure joke, but uh, the few who get it will appreciate it. And for my last story, this guy almost Darwined himself. Uh, he shot himself through the legs while trying on pants at Walmart. Uh, this was in McMinnville, Tennessee. Um, but uh, the the gun was in his pocket. And he he managed to shoot himself through the leg rather than the junk, so it's not a true Darwin. And mm-hmm. uh, although he was severely injured, the good news is his Second Amendment rights remained intact. An overturned semi-truck in Pennsylvania spilled its contents onto the freeway. The lost payload? Maple syrup. Folks, we just added reckless endangerment to the list of syrup crimes. In the breakfast justice system, syrup-based offenses are considered especially heinous. On person and person, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Syrup Victims Unit. These are their stories. Dun dun. <laughs> I tell you though, I, I actually I have a theory about this. I think that syrup on the road might actually make it safer. You'd have more traction because the road would be stickier. Yeah, it'd be covered in ants too. Oh yeah, that is how you get ants. Yeah. All right, enough about the news. It's main news. Our top story tonight, 
the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Revival 2.0. In the not-too-distant future, we may have more Mystery Science Theater 3000 on our hands. In fact, it's a guarantee at this point that we'll have at least some. I participated in the Kickstarter to relaunch the classic show a few years ago, which I credit with helping form my affection for pop references and at least some percentage of what little sense of humor I have. Of course, the revival was picked up by Cancel Happy Netflix, and they did what Netflix sometimes do. They canceled. Now, was the revival perfect? No. For one thing, the jokes came at you a bit too fast. There wasn't enough of a break in between them for you to laugh sometimes. However, this new idea was inspired by their live tours, often to sold-out audiences pre-pandemic, and I should know, when they came to our town, I went to one and later drove across state lines for an opportunity to meet Joel Hodgson, who I actually kind of met twice in a really fun turn of events, and I met one of the future hosts in in a bizarre turn that I just discovered today. What they're trying to raise money to do is create their own streaming app, which will host classic episodes, and this is the important part, virtual live events. It's actually really brilliant because the live events are the most fun I've had in a theater, and in my past I've been both a failed actor and a failed musician. They're bringing over the cast from the Netflix revival, and I I have already committed a modest amount to help fund my favorite TV show. In case any of our listeners would like to do the same, I'm going to include a link in the show notes. But what does that have to do with? John von Neumann. He was a Hungarian mathematician and all-around polymath. Um, He made tremendous contributions to mathematics, economics, computer science, engineering, chemistry, any kind of thing involved in quantitative reasoning. This guy was the best. And he's not well known to the general public, but he's regarded by people in the know as maybe the greatest intellect of the 20th century and maybe the greatest of all time. Um, Mm -hmm. But the reason I have always found him such a fascinating figure is that he was in a lot of ways really stupid. And Mm. the most important of these, I think, is that he believed that since nuclear war with the Soviets was inevitable, in keeping with game theory, you want to... uh, maximize or or rather excuse me you want to minimize your maximum potential losses he thought we should strike the soviets immediately with everything we had wow yeah he thought that he literally testified to congress he said if you ask me what day we should strike the soviets i say today if you ask me what time right now like he he wanted it so to I'm already happen picking up some, immediately some major uh, Dr. Clayton Forrester vibes from this guy. That's a connection I hadn't considered. And I, I kind of needed your help on this because although I am a fan of MST3K, certainly not on the same level that you are. Um, well, I mean, I've seen a lot of the episodes and uh, I'm, I've seen most of the episodes multiple times. Uh, some into the hundreds of times, like pod people in Ator, the Flying Eagle, uh, also known as Cape Dwellers. Enough on that. Um, I, I don't know. This is going to be a tough one to to bridge the gap between, I think. But uh, the, the, the character you mentioned does remind me of Dr. Clayton Forrester. And he also reminds me to some extent of you know, our lovable hero, Joel Robinson. 
Here... Well, in in his own right, Joel Robinson is an inventor. So, I mean, it's not the same kind of inventions. I mean, he did invent a, a pig accordion that would make the theme songs from like Petticoat Junction and Green Acres. So that's pretty delightful. Well, here's here's what I'm thinking. It mm-hmm. seems to me that maybe the connection is not with the characters on the show, but the movies on the show. Because von Neumann, his logic with wanting to nuke Russia was correct if his premise was correct. But it wasn't. Mm. Now, these movies, they strike me a lot of them in the same way. Is that your execution doesn't matter if your premise is bad. And I, I think that describes a lot of the movies on MST3K. Uh, for example, I was watching uh, last night as it happens, I was watching Racket Girls, uh, mm. which was a movie from back in the day about uh, lady wrestlers. And uh, just, just was never going to be good. You know, if you think about it, this show is kind of like MST3K for the real world. And we even have our own Gizmonic Institute, the Perineum Group, who will not allow us to dance. What if we applied some of this game theory or some of his economical theory, which I I, I gather he did some economics-based stuff too, Mm -hmm. to the Kickstarter? Well, he would say, in keeping with game theory, that Kickstarter is a zero-sum game. Every dollar that you give to a Kickstarter is a dollar that some other Kickstarter is not getting. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me that you look for the bad Kickstarters of which there are many. And Mm -hmm. you say, I'm making a conscious choice to deny this awful project money. And that's why you give to MST3K, not out of love of the show necessarily, but out of spite for worse ideas. So, so purely for mathematical reasons, you donate to MST3K. You literally have to. Yeah. The logic is airtight. You must. All right. I'm on board. I think uh, I think that's a good place to end this segment. <laughs> All right. So it's time for breaking news. Uh, Jesse Lassios, a 33-year-old California man, is walking in a bear costume under the name Bearson on a journey of over 400 miles from Los Angeles to San Francisco. Why is he taking this on? For charity? To raise awareness of wildfires or homelessness? To help students get into STEM subjects? Nope. He's doing it because it sounded like a fun adventure and to spread joy. He's faced some unexpected delays due to road closures in California. He's probably completed the walk as of this upload and he's uh, asking for GoFundMe donations to help him with food and other costs, as well as to fund an improved Bearson costume. I'm trying really hard not to just unleash a grisly deluge of bear-related puns. Figure it's oh. the bare minimum I can do, but I don't even know if it's possible. And at best, the puns have a polarizing brand of humor that people just don't appreciate. I can't stop. It's pandemonium. I'm not qualified to be a podcast host. All right, I think I'm done now. That was one of the worst runs you've ever went on. Um, I am calling the pun jail right now, and I'm telling them that they need to break out the the Hannibal lectern 
or Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> That's, That's funny. It's delicious. <laughs> Legend has it, if you walk from Los Angeles to San Francisco in a bear costume, you get to meet the ghost of famed California governor, Raffles McGillicuddy. You know, I'm actually, uh, since you started uh, telling us about Bear Sun, I looked up uh, Bear Sun uh, pictures of him. want to make clear to the audience, this is a teddy bear costume. It is absolutely adorable, and he has mm-hmm. succeeded in spreading joy because I'm feeling joy right now looking at him. Yeah, it's a cute costume. It's it's sort of patterned. It's got a little bit of a, you know, Japanese anime kind of look to it. Not even anime, like kawaii. It is kawaii, as our friends yeah. across the ocean would say. Anyway, it felt like it was time for a little good news bears. So there you go. Well, that rules. I'm going to bring down the whole party now, and I apologize. Okay. Because uh, I wanted to talk about a new study in the Canadian Journal of Psychiatry that reports, surprise of surprises, uh, kids who were spanked or slapped turn into teenagers who exhibit mental and physical problems, as well as belligerent and maladaptive behaviors like bullying and stealing which yeah no shit yeah the hell you say um even in uh, in this case you know because with a lot of these studies the problem is that kids who are spanked are also more likely to be abused in other ways um so they they made a real strong effort to control for that factor in this study and it's still true even for kids who were only spanked like three times in their entire life you still see this pattern Hmm. Uh, and I feel like everybody knows this by now that you fuck up your kids if you hit them. And the only people who are still defending it are in the best case, just regular assholes. And hmm. in the worst case, absolute maniacs. I mean, the, the craziness of people who have told me that uh, they were hit when they were kids and it didn't do them any harm. Like, yes, it did for sure. Yeah. You're the only yeah, one who I mean, doesn't see it because... It, to be fair, in the Bible, it does say spare the rod, raise a pretty well-adjusted citizen. Yeah, do not do not get me started on stuff in the <laughs> Bible that we should probably revisit as a society. But, um, you know, the only real defense of hitting your kids that I can think of that even halfway has some purchase with me is that if childhood is about training kids to be adults... Training them to live in constant fear of violence is maybe worth doing, but at the same time, it seems to me like we should maybe try to train children to create a less violent world than the one that they're thrown into. And if we wanted to do that, we could teach them that uh, they deserve to be safe and healthy and happy. Yeah, there are ways uh, to protect children from violence beyond hitting them too i mean raising them in fear of being hit is kind of a backwards way to do it when you know a few karate classes and teaching them some discipline along with you know (laughs) some self-defense abilities can can do that same trick (laughs) well but what are you going to do when the kids from the rival dojo come to your house party and just start trashing the place (laughs) You know what? I'm going to I'm going to call the showrunners and ask for a job. That's what I'm going to do. Well, but then even yet a third dojo is even worse. And so then you and the other guys from the second dojo, you have to team up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 
I call it Eagle Fang Parenting. Look for my new book this fall. <laughs> All right. It's time for sports. So our sport this, this week is the World Sauna Championships. The World Championships of Sauna were held annually in Finland from 1999 to 2010. At their peak, they featured contestants from 20 different countries. I'm going to dive right into the rules. The starting temperature is 110 degrees Celsius. Half a liter of water will be poured on the stove every 30 seconds. Use of alcohol is prohibited prior to and during the competition. Competitors must wash themselves beforehand and remove any creams and lotions. The competitor must sit erect, their buttocks and thighs on the bench. Ordinary swimsuits must be used. Pant legs and men's swimsuits. It goes into some specifics about the swimsuits. I'm not going to go into all that. Hair that reaches the shoulders must be tied into a ponytail. Touching the skin and brushing is prohibited. Competitors must not disturb each other. At the request of the judges, competitors must show that they are in their senses with a thumbs up. Competitors must be able to leave the sauna unaided to qualify. A breach of the rules results in a warning. Another results in disqualification. The last person leaving the sauna unaided is the winner. Needless to say, this is really fucking dangerous. And in 2010, a finalist died and another nearly died and the sport was no longer held. In the short run the sport had, there were numerous championships in both the men's and women's competitions. And I'm pretty sure if you concentrate and inhale deeply, you can still smell the victors. Now, I actually know a little bit about uh, competitive sauna uh, because I got interested in one of the the great sauna champions, uh, Timo Kakonen of Finland. Um, mm-hmm. He One of the reasons he was so successful at the sport is that he was basically a mutant. Uh, his, his body began to flush and bring blood to the surface of his skin much faster than his fellow competitors. So his mm. core body temperature stayed cooler for longer. You know who'd be terrible at this sport? Prince Andrew, because he doesn't sweat. Oh, is he the one? Yeah, he, yeah. uh, gross. Yeah. yeah. God, all those, <laughs> those people are so gross, man. It's the, yeah. It, yeah. Like there's not a lot that can make me proud to be an American, but when I think about the Royal family, <laughs> <laughs> No word yet on whether there will be a world championships of sauna pants. Oh, God. Oh, imagine. <laughs> you know, I did a sauna once for like five minutes and I was like, this sucks. This is what you do to relax. I'm out. It's super uncomfortable. Oh, All right. Awful. On to the uh, emotional weather. This week, we've got a special theme running through the emotional weather. Let's see if you can pick it out. Playing with the boys. Footloose, and Danger Zone. My playing with the boys story. According to a recent study, billions of male insects are getting down with other male insects because of the way insects and spiders mate, which one scientist described as quick and dirty. There isn't always time to verify gender, so they just dive right in. As a result, their homosexual encounters are accidental. Interestingly, the males who end up on the receiving end have often recently mated and as such are still covered in the female pheromones of their previous partners. 
According to scientists, the homosexual behavior is pervasive and actually gives the insects and arachnids some evolutionary advantages, including being more active, better at foraging, or even a better competitor. But are any of those insects equipped to be America's next drag superstar? Well, and if you go back to Top Gun, I mean, that's what that whole volleyball scene was about, right? I mean, is they're they're competing mm-hmm. and they're trying to be the best competitors and they're and they're and they're still a wash in the pheromones of their respective partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, they're getting gay with it to be the best that they can be. Right? It's like the sacred band of Thebes. Did you ever hear about those guys? No. This was an ancient Greek military unit uh, made of 300 men, but the men were all uh, matched couples. Oh, yeah, I have actually heard of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were eventually defeated in battle, but they were regarded as one of the most fearsome warriors of the ancient world. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise and uh, Val Kilmer are just like them. Exactly. You can be my wingman anytime. I mean, we know mm-hmm. what that's code for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's cool. We're, we're into it. Uh, my playing with the boy story is a bit of a downer. You might have read about it already. Uh, Florida has banned the participation of trans student athletes in school sports, uh, even going so far as to call for compulsory genital examination of the students if anyone questions their gender. What the fuck? Yeah, it's it's fucked up. It's, it's legit sick. But... Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I didn't want to harsh the vibe of Loggins Week because you know that Loggins makes me feel good. Uh, but Kenny Loggins hates oppression in schools. We know this. Mm-hmm. And he would want us to talk about this. I think you're right. So what's up with uh, our next emotional weather? So the next one is Footloose. In Iowa, schools are instituting rules banning the practice of slow dancing. Obviously, this isn't some religious red state bullshit, although Iowa is full of religious red state bullshit, or so I've been told. No, they're actually trying to protect the students from COVID-19. In the midst of of a pandemic, it turns out, being close to each other is kind of risky. I mean, so was football, but they still tried to bring that back during the pandemic, too. In fact, it makes me so angry I could just, I don't know, dance dramatically in a granary. Work the demons out, you know? See, and that's the safe way to do it. You go out to the granary alone. You turn your car's radio up so loud that you can hear it from the other side of the granary. Mm-hmm. And and then you, you just dance it out. You get on that bar and you do some flips. Sure. You tear your jacket off and then you're like, oh shit, I'm actually going to want my jacket later. Or you don't do any of that because you work for the perineum group. Yeah, man. We got to... Maybe if we tell them that there's dancing in the Bible, they'll let us do it again. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta, I, I have to attend the, the CEO's town hall. I really do. I feel like the foot, the uh, the dancing really brings the show to life. Like you can hear it, you can't see it because it's an audio medium, but you can hear the joy that our dancing brings to us, and it comes through yeah, I mean, on the show. We're practically like ninety five percent of the show we're dancing, and like right now, I just. I'm just not feeling it because I'm not dancing. Like, if I so much right. as tap my toe, that's my ass. And I need this job. Right. It's just not fair. Mm-mm. Well, on a lighter note, 
In my Footloose story, a couple in West Baltimore was dumpster diving and discovered a bag with a severed human foot in it. <laughs> I mean, the story itself is not necessarily funny, but the connection to Footloose is pretty funny. Well, you know what else is, uh, let's say, not funny haha, maybe, but this is the third documented case of dismemberment in Baltimore since November. Wow. So was the was the foot inside a Sunday shoe? Well, you know, the uh, the chief of police uh, went, he actually held a press conference in which he said, everybody cut, everybody cut somebody's foot off. <laughs> right. My uh, final emotional weather story for Danger Zone. Florida just passed a law basically making it illegal to protest by loosely defining what a riot is to include any kind of intimidation and for attacks on monuments. Oh, and making it perfectly legal for drivers to kill protesters with their vehicles. It also makes it a felony to block a roadway. But here's the thing. Ron DeSantos doesn't realize that he may have just lit a fuse in that state because this kind of thing cuts both ways. And in the long term... The GOP in Florida is going to regret passing this bill. That's not a threat. It's just fucking obviously going to happen. I mean, I'm not a, a political philosopher per se, but I think we all know the old axiom. If you legalize murder, you're going to regret it. Right. <laughs> right. Well, for my danger zone story, you cannot take a highway to this danger zone. You would need to take a boat or a plane because it's on an island. Uh, specifically, the island chain of St. Vincent, uh, the volcano La Soufrière, you've probably heard about that, has blown mm -hmm. its top, and it's not done yet. They're actually expecting more eruptions to come. 20,000 people are going to be displaced in the midst of COVID. They're also having a major dengue fever outbreak, and it's hurricane season coming up. So, oh, God, that's awful. Yeah, not just St. Vincent, but a whole lot of other islands in the area are going to be adversely affected by it. Um, of course, a lot of uh, groups are trying to raise money to help, including UNICEF. If you guys would like to head out, help out, you can just go to the UNICEF website, and uh, they've got some information there in their uh, Caribbean and Latin America section. Yeah, we'll be sure to include some uh, links in our show notes, too, for uh, donating to the relief effort. Yeah, so you can either, you know, give to the the relief effort for homeless islanders or for the TV show you like. Either one is fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it's 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 the same thing. Or donate to both. You could do both. Por que no los dos? <laughs> right. As you know, every week our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. This week, Greg Person has the story. Is there anything in the world simpler than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? You can make it in 30 seconds if necessary. It's basically free, and you can make sure to get it just right with the perfect ratio of fillings. Now, none of these qualities, instant, cheap, and properly constructed, describes the Uncrustables, a food item so stupid it should be on the podcast shopping network, but is inexplicably actually sold in stores and bought by parents who don't love their kids enough to dirty a butter knife. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've had these and they are terrible. Really bad. The bread is bad. The ratio of peanut butter and jelly is all fucked up. The, the, they call it Uncrustables, but it has this like crimped, 
yeah, really it's got that, that weird around the outside of it. It's terrible. It's bad mouth feel. Um, mm-hmm. Just big globs of gunk in your mouth when you eat it. Disgusting. But I do want to point out that the first line you spoke there was, is there anything in the world simpler than a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And immediately the thought that popped into my head was, well, just a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, but the thing is, is I really do feel, because I'll eat a peanut butter sandwich. I'm not proud. But Same. you want a good sharp jelly. Like, you don't want a super sweet, like, Welch's grape jelly. I don't care for that. No, no. I like I like something a little tart or a little, a little sharp. Yeah, like a strawberry jelly or even a... I, I, I had one with a with an apple butter that was really, really delicious. I love peanut butter and apple butter. You know, um, one thing that I really like is I like a good marmalade in a PB&J. Specifically, there's a key lime marmalade uh, that I like Mm. that's actually from England. Hard to find over here. But uh, when I do find a jar, I'm very happy because it does have that tremendous uh, citrus tartness that uh, really brings the whole thing together. But no, don't don't eat an Uncrustable. I mean, you would never buy an Uncrustable for little Jean, would you? Oh, never. Good. No. Continue to love your kid. Continue to just make him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Although probably mostly peanut butter sandwiches because little Jean is not so fond of jelly. Well, maybe he's just not ready for this jelly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe we got a little Beyonce on our hands. All right, it's time for the Podcast Shopping Network. This week, Skinny's Arm Lifts. So chances are you have arms. But do you know if you have arm fat? Any flab at all? If so, there may be a great solution from the folks at Skinny's. Skinny's Arm Lifts secure the flab and make your arms look tight and firm or sleek and dainty if that's what you're after. Using Skinny's Arm Lift system... What you do is you basically, yeah, you tape your your flab back on the other side of your arm. And I ask you, who needs exercise when everyone you meet greets you from exactly the same angle? All indications are that the adhesive is strong, which makes Skinny's arm lifts super fun to remove as well. Reports are they're difficult to put on, too. The hits just keep coming. Oh, and they're wasteful. This product should never exist. I guess Skinny's never got the memo, but in America, we have the right to bear arms. Now, this is the part where I normally add the retail price, but I'm not doing anything to make this sound like a good product. It's insulting. It perpetuates the constant beauty standard we impose on women and fuck this company. So it's just tape. It's just extra sticky tape that you tape up your bingo wings with. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it is. It could at least, you could at least make like an arm girdle or something. Put in a little effort. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause this, this probably started when someone thought, well, why, why can't you just tape it up and then we'll sell the tape. Right. And they, they, they are in sort of prefabricated shapes designed to fit around your arm, but still it's just tape. So I mean, so many of these products that we feature on the show are just designed to prey on women's insecurities. Oh, yeah. And that's absolutely what this is. I mean, I've said this many, many times. I think this might be the dumbest one. Well, it's 
pretty dumb. I don't know that it's the I don't know that it's dumber than Potty Putter or the the yeah perfect. I was poly. gonna say they're <laughs> they're all pretty damn dumb. Yeah, yeah. There's there is an endless supply of these. Just wait till next week. You think this one's dumb? Wait till next week. You've got one on deck already. Yep. Oh my god! I can't it's wait. Be great. We might actually have to talk about this after the show, cause. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. It is time for State Up, our weekly review of the states of the union. Uh, this week, the uh, the state we're covering is Florida. Uh, did you know, Gene, that the state flower of Florida is bath salts? <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, Florida, often referred to as the dick of the USA, is actually our infected big toe. And it might be time to amputate. You know, my dad got his toe amputated one time. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, he he partially cut it off in a lawnmower. Mm. And uh, then uh, when the rest of it got infected, they cut it off, just like Florida. Nice. So now when he's not wearing shoes, he falls over a lot. Okay. The End by Jason Mendoza. <laughs> well, uh, you know how, um, and, and you know this because we're neighbors to California. When you drive into California, they ask you if you're carrying any fruits or vegetables. Yes, yes, I am aware of that. Mm-hmm. Well, when you drive into Florida, they ask you, are you sure about this? <laughs> Which, which goes hand in hand with my next state fact, which is that the best thing about the state of Florida is that I don't have to live there. Not yet. <laughs> well, good news. Uh, it's legal to be a werewolf in Florida, but only if you can prove that you returned before 1920. Oh, that's great for all those werewolves who were early adopters. Well, they're grandfathered in anybody who was in the state before the passage of the Werewolves Out of Florida or Woof Act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. That's really funny. A lot of people think that Florida's state animal is the panther, but it's actually the disenfranchised voter. Oh, sad but true. Mm-hmm. Our final segment tonight, as every week, is Person to Person and Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. We did get a new comment on our site from Tim Hildegard Callister, who writes, Do you need clients? We compiled some of the world's top databases for you at ridiculous low prices. $49 for any of our databases, or $99 for all 16 databases. Regards, Hildegard. 16 databases for just $99? I know. It's incredible. That's like $5 a database. We gotta do it, dude. (laughs) So, the vibe I'm getting from all of you is that you're uncomfortable leaving us a voicemail. So we're gonna drop that suggestion. I'm gonna keep the voicemail active in case any of you wanna make me really, really happy. Uh, But do you have any topics you'd like us to cover in main news? Send them our way. We'll write in a haiku about the subject and we'll feature it prominently in our main segment as we further degrade into media whores. Folks, that's all the show we have for you tonight. We love your feedback and there are so many ways to give it to us. Send us an email, personandpersonshow at gmail.com. Drop us a voicemail, 541-249-5933. 
Find us on Twitter at AnchorPersons and check out our website, PersonPersonShow.com. Until next time, this is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying, dance it out. Good night. I wasn't here three years ago when tragedy struck this podcast. I know it's not my place to mourn the lives that were lost because I didn't know them. But it doesn't mean that I don't think about them every day. Like a lot of employees at Perineum, I see those pictures every day at work. And each time I see their faces, I think of how precious life is and how quickly it can be taken from us. I know this firsthand in my own way. And three years ago, nearly a dozen rules were introduced to this council in order to protect the employees of Perineum. And most of these rules, I can see, as a boss, how they might make sense to you. But my right to dance? When I want? Where I want? And how much I want? Is a right you cannot take away. It is mine. See, we don't have that much time left. All of us podcasters... Pretty soon, we're going to be just like you. We're going to have real jobs and bills and families. And we're going to have to worry about our own children. Because that's the job of a parent, to worry. I get that. But ours, as podcasters, is to live. To play our music way too loud and to act like idiots and to make mistakes. Aren't we told in Psalm 149, Praise the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and let him praise his name in the dance. Now, if anybody else brought their Bible like I did, will you please turn it to the book of Samuel 6.14. David, David danced before the Lord with all his might, leaping and dancing before the Lord, celebrating his love of God and celebrating his love of life. With what? With dancing. That's all we're doing here. Ecclesiastes assures us there is a time for each purpose under heaven. There's a time to weep. There's a time to mourn. And there is a time to dance. And this is our time. There was once a time for that rule, but not anymore. Thank you. <laughs>